We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? that? We're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Oh, good evening, everybody. It is Monday night, March the 14th. NCAA tournament basketball is less than 24 hours away when the first four revs up in Dayton. And we are starting NCAA Tournament Week with a bang. I'm John Fanta. We've got Ashton Gibbs. We've got Randolph Childress. And we welcome him in now straight from the heart of Texas. It is Chris Beard, the head coach of the Longhorns. They're the sixth seed in the East region. They will be taking on Virginia Tech on Friday at 4.30 Eastern time in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And Coach Beard, it's not Miller time in Milwaukee. It's spotted cow time when you get to Milwaukee. That is the drink of choice once you get to Wisconsin. It's great to have you with us tonight on After Dark. This is big, guys, to be on the field of 68 on Monday night, man. I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to coach on Monday night. Now I've got this on Monday night. It's like bucket list, man. Well, we love having you. And, and Chris, when you look at your team and this week, you know what it takes to get deep on the dance floor. So throughout this day, what's the messaging to your group as they begin preparation for Virginia Tech? Yeah, a couple things. One, you know, with the NCAA tournament, we've talked all year long about trying to play our best when it matters most. And just reminding the guys that we've shown uh, that we can play with anybody in the country. Now it's time to put a full 40 minutes on the floor. And uh, so consistency is a lot of the, of the thing we're talking about, our guys internal. In terms of um, Virginia Tech or just – you know, our respect levels off the charts. Uh, coaches, uh, one of the best in our business. Um, they're obviously one of the hottest teams in the country, if not the hottest. They've won like what thirteen of their last fifteen, and just won the ACC tournament. So, um, in my opinion, we'll have to play our best game of the year. Um, but that's no different than most people. You know, I think when you get to the NCAA tournament, you have to play your best game of the year. Coach, you guys have one of eight teams in a tournament that are top, your top 40 offensive efficiency, top 20 defensive efficiency, but you're, you've dropped your last three coming into the tournament. What side of the ball has disappointed you the most that you feel like you got to tighten up on as you get ready for the tournament run? 
You know, I don't know about disappointment. Uh, you, know, you look at our schedule, Allen Fieldhouse on senior night. It's uh, tough. You know, Big 12 uh, defending national championships, Baylor. We had those guys at home. So, um, you know, I, I think probably more important than what that scoreboard shows is how we're playing this time of year. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of internal optimism right now. We're playing some of our best basketball, you know, now that we're in March. Um, I think in terms of, you know, both sides of the ball, I've always been a big believer that, you know, both sides have got to help, you know, like I, I'm a big college football guy. I love football. I study it. You know, it's, it's hard to have the best defense when your offense can't move the, the sticks a little bit, you know, and, um, and it's, I think basketball is the same way, you know, you're going to have a great defense. You got to have a good offense, takes care of the ball and gets good shots and, and vice versa. I think if you're going to have a good offense, you got to get some stops, you know, and, and, and get a rebound every once in a while and not be pulling it out of the net the whole game. So um, I think for us, it's really both sides of the ball trying to play our best, and then, you know, special teams, which we call it, you know, whether it's an out-of-bounds play or a transition or a, an ATO or the last couple minutes a half, these these special situations in NCAA tournament games, I think, are big because most of these games, as we all know, they come down to one or two possessions. And if you can steal a couple possessions in those special team-type areas that we call it, I think those are big. Coach, what's going on? Uh, you you have a few transfers on your team, obviously playing well, Uh how was the transition working those guys in um, since everybody was coming from different programs? Yeah, it's been uh, nothing new to me. You know, I don't know life any different. My background in junior college and small college and even professional basketball where our rosters change even from semester to semester, you know, like um, if I get two guys back, you know, I, I consider that's an experienced team coming back. So um, I know the narrative this year with the portal and the transfers is kind of a popular thing, but for me personally, I've never known any different, you know. Um, our guys have done a great job. You know, the challenge in trying to win with a first-year team is really you're fighting time more than anything. You're playing against teams that have been together. Our first-round game against Virginia Tech is a great example. Uh, the majority of that team was together last year. They played Florida in the tournament last year in an overtime game. Um, the majority of our team was not together last year. So the thing we've been fighting all year is just chemistry, time, getting together. Um, but we like our chances. We think we're right where we need to be heading into the tournament. And um, we're going to have to play great. Uh, but I think everybody has to play great. What's that key ingredient, that key thing that determines if your team is great? Yeah, I think for us, it's a couple things. Uh, you know, the rebounding battle is always important to us. Um, the turnover margin, you know, taking care of the basketball, getting great shots. And then something I'm really a big believer in, we talk a lot about this in Big 12 play and the NCAA tournament's no different. I think you've got to have several guys step up. You know, it's captain obvious, but you look at these box scores, you know, you got to have three or four guys fill up that stat sheet. And as you start advancing in the tournament, uh, certainly when you get to second weekend and start thinking about getting to New Orleans, I mean, you've got to have some games where you look at that stat sheet. Everybody played well and you had four special performances. Um, when we can get that four to five guys and double figure scoring, when we can get those three to four guys and, and 10 rebound um, neighborhood, we're pretty good. Uh, I think we can play with anybody in the country if we can get everybody to show up. Now, it's really easy to sit around here and talk about it. Um, it's a little more difficult to go out there and do it. Uh, but that's our objective to get multiple people playing their best game um, when we hit tournament time. Chris, you could do it with Randolph and Ashton. They're, they're more than ready to get in. Uh, I'm happy to hand you a Miller Lite after an NCAA tournament win. That would be more of the role here. Well, you know, you know what the story is. It's the T-shirt for me, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I got Tupac tonight. 
I love it. <laughs> wow. You know, so, uh, watching you guys when the Miller nighttime, I was jealous. We, uh, we have sacrifices. We give sacrifices every year. It's a thing that we basically got from what LeBron gives up social media in the playoffs and Tom Brady. I think he quit drinking beer one year. So we heard that and I had this great idea that we were going to do it. So, um, my sacrifice this year actually is beer. And so, um, you know, don't mm. get me wrong. I want to win as many games as we can, but <laughs> there's going to be a minor victory when our ride ends because it's going to be, you know, the first year in a while. So, um, now, is, is that you or is that everyone on the team and staff included? Everybody has a different um, sacrifice. sacrifice. So, mine this year is fried food, um, which is a problem too, man, because one of the all time, you know, chicken strips, that whole deal is on the bus all the time. And I never thought I would crave, you know, Chick fil A nuggets <laughs> so much. I'm like, I'm literally like, you know, like, shaking and stuff when the guys walk by with nuggets so um yeah hopefully we can make a run here that nobody's really predicting play on monday night in new orleans and then after the game i want to have a, a, a chicken sandwich and a beer why should america believe you know what 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 is it that should have america believing that the texas longhorns can't put that run together yeah i think well first of all i think we've played half the bracket you know gonzaga tennessee seton hall and all the people in our league Obviously, Kansas and Baylor and Texas Tech are in a different neighborhood this year from most in terms of, like, having a real chance. But we have played and beaten uh, some of those teams. We can play with those guys. So, again, it's going to take our best game. Uh, but they don't hand the trophy out to the best team. They hand the trophy out to the team that wins six games in three weekends. And we think in a 40-minute game, uh, we can play with anybody in the country. First game, to me, is always the toughest in any tournament, period. Uh, Virginia Tech is just off the charts. Um, I think they're one of the best teams in the country right now, especially the way they're playing as of late. Uh, we'll have to play dynamite to get out of the first round. But I think if if we can get that done, I think, you know, I think there's a case for Texas. Why not Texas? We got good players. We've got some experience playing in this tournament. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be very difficult, but anything great is difficult. Well, Chris Beard, we wish you the best of luck against Virginia Tech on Friday. And all those Longhorns fans are hoping that your cooler in the backyard isn't opened up until, what, Tuesday, April the 7th? How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds great. And, and whoever made the decision for Goodman not to be on here tonight, thank you. you know, I, that's, I, I, I enjoyed, you know, talking basketball tonight with somebody besides Goodman. Hey, a lot of respect for what you guys are doing, man. You made our game better. Everybody's digging it. Anybody that says they're not watching the Field of 68 isn't telling you the truth. Um, I mean, it's just been awesome this year, which you guys have established. Um, I can't believe it took me so long to get on. You know, I, I told the guys we we have to make the tournament so I can get on Field of 68. So, um, <laughs> But, hey, thanks for everything you all are doing for the game, man. It's been awesome this year. Good luck, Hook Coach. Good, Hook good luck, Coach. Coach. Have a great night. Good luck. I'll tell you what, that's a mic drop if I've ever seen one. It's great to have Chris Beard. How about that shirt, Ashton? What did, what did wow. I hear? Was that Tupac? That was a Tupac. Yeah. That was a Tupac, was a Tupac, Tupac. Shirt, I'm a Tupac fanatic, so that's the first thing I saw. <laughs> <laughs> that's some good, good stuff. All right. Well, let's stick right there with Texas and Virginia Tech. You know, 
in nine of the last 11 seasons, we have seen an 11 seed make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. This is one of the more intriguing first-round games because, Randolph, Texas has dropped three straight. Virginia Tech is riding a high. What do you make of that 6-11 showdown? I, I know Chris Beard didn't want that matchup coming in. I mean, I know you like to say, hey, I'm going to, you know, you got to play with the cards that's dealt, but Virginia Tech is playing as well as anyone in this tournament right now. I mean, they've, they've been outstanding the last month or so of the season. So, I mean, again, you can't duck anybody, but you at least want a game where you feel like you can get your guys used to it, particularly when you got a new team. And I know you're used to putting a new team together when you're used to getting through the transfer portal. And as he stated, he's, that's nothing new to him. But you, you're playing against a group of guys that have been together, that won together, and now they just want to comp. You saw the benefit of that. They just want to conference tournament as a seventh seed. They're a, a group that's experienced playing their best basketball right now. I don't think anybody wants to play them from the very first game. Very well coached. I, th- I think their offensive flow is big time. Uh, but as you see, Chris Chris Beer, he's ready. Uh, one thing you can't can do is uh underestimate you know a team of his his caliber i think um the way he's able to build the culture and just keep guys going and i feel like he's a player's coach as well those guys play hard for him um and at the end of the day texas is talented um marcus carr you know trey mitchell all of these guys um talent usually wins in the ncaa tournament when it comes down to it at the end of the day so um i have texas you know beating virginia tech for sure Hmm. Hunter Couture, will he keep it going here in the NCAA tournament? He's a bad man right now, Randolph Childress. <laughs> he's playing well. I mean, I think he's one of the better two-way players in, in playing college basketball right now. I mean, he he shoots it at a high level, and he will take the best perimeter guy on the other team and, and give him fits. He's done it all year long. All right, let's stay in the Big 12 for a moment here because we just had Chris Beard on. We thank him for the time. We thank his SID Scott McConnell for making things work. All SIDs, thank you. We know you're up right now late doing notes. If you're watching our show, thank (laughs) you for all you do because these are the weeks where we rely on you so much, so we appreciate you. It's Feel the 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We are presented by Bet Rivers. We're presented by Bracket Fanatics. Get in on our pool. Uh, More info on that deeper in the show. Uh, Let's stay in the Big 12. So you see... The Big 12 with the two ones in Kansas and Baylor. Texas Tech gets a three. Texas on the sixth line. TCU's involved in an 8-9 game. I guess the the point here is, what do we make of of this league and the prospects of getting to a Final Four? Perhaps you look and zone in on Kansas and Baylor, maybe who had the easier draw here. What's the Big 12's best shot to get one of those teams to New Orleans, if not two? I like Kansas. I like their draw. Um, you know, I you know one of the best teams they'll play is probably Iowa. You know, Iowa's playing well right now. But overall, Bill Self, those guys, um, I, I just think we talk about talent level. You know, Ocha, Baji, Christian Braun. Um, they're I, I think they're really, really good and proven at the end of the day. They they've beaten a lot of big time teams. It's gonna it's going to come down to if they make shots. I think if they can make shots consistently, um, they'll be fine. And then how does the big men play? Uh, you know, David um, McCormick, if he's playing consistently, um, that's really going to change a lot for me. And then 
they have a they have a player in Remy Martin that can he hasn't you know obviously had the transition's been tough this year coming from Arizona State but he's also he's proven at the end of the day he's one of those guys that can step up in big big moments so you just never know uh, you can't really count Kansas out in my opinion I would have said Baylor if they were healthy but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think missing their bodies I I, I don't I don't I don't like their chances of, at a Final Four run. I think they'll they'll get to the Sweet 16. I think their their matchup in the Sweet 16 against UCLA will be vital in my bracket. But uh, I, I like the Kansas Jayhawks. I think getting Remy Martin back and his ability to make shots. He's a shot maker. But I will say, if I had any concern about him, like you just mentioned, Ashton, is, is the is uh McCormick. You know, is is Big Dave's gonna you know what's his is he gonna be consistent? in the tournament and they're going to need him to be consistent for six games. You know, his, his physicality, his ability to score inside, they're going to need him to stay out of foul trouble and, and, and put together six straight games. All right. We've got a break up next. What are our favorite first round matchups and what other takes do we have about the field of 68 here on field of 68 after dark Sirius XM channel 84. Clear for 90. All right, Greg Waddell. Good evening, sir. Do we have anything coming from our chat? Good evening, sir. Oh, boy, we do, John Fanta. I've got one to play off of what Chris Beard said. He talked about sacrifice. Everybody in the Texas program sacrificing something for a, a big win, hopefully, down the road. I got a question for the three of you. What's the biggest thing you would sacrifice for your favorite team to win a national championship? You each have your allegiances. What would you give up? I actually did it once, and mine was – I did alcohol. No wine. Anybody know me know I love my wine. And, One minute. And I, I, I had no alcohol, so that, that was tough for me. I'm a coffee guy, so no coffee is huge. You know, I'll take the headaches and everything that come with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, if I had to give up one thing, it's going to be popcorn. I'm a popcorn savant. I have to eat it often. If I'm in an arena and I have an open hour, I will get a box and, and just chow on it. That's a serious, serious claim from me that I'd give up popcorn for my team to win. Where's the best popcorn, Fanta? Wow, it's a great question. 20 seconds. You, Madison Square Garden has some good popcorn. It really does. Boston Garden, too. I've been to Boston Garden for a regional. <laughs> Their popcorn was high Ten level, extra butter, oh, good stuff. <laughs> Five. Beer, coffee, and popcorn. Sounds good. Two, one. It is the Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. I'm John Fanta. We've got Ashton Gibbs. We've got Randolph Childress. We're presented tonight by Bracket Fanatics. Jump into our pool. More info to come on that. We're presented tonight by Bet. Rivers. So, gentlemen, the field of 68 is out there. We get going with first four action. That begins tomorrow night, Tuesday night in Dayton. But let's look at the potential of Thursday and Friday matchups here. I got to tell you, I'm really intrigued by a couple. I think the pot of Houston and UAB, as well as Illinois and Chattanooga, is really, really fascinating. Love the 512-413 pods because they just spell chaos. Do you stay in that direction, RC, or do you go in a different one with a matchup or two that you really love? 
I love those the the five twelve matchups, but I'm also going to add the eight nine to Carolina Marquette. You know that that matchup coming out of the gate for both of those teams. I mean, those are two teams. You know, it, we were down at Carolina and they got hot, and we were really impressed with Marquette at one point in time. I think that that'll be you know a tough matchup for both teams coming out the gate. I, I like the six eleven. Uh, we talk about Alabama and either Rutgers Notre Dame. Um, that, that's going to be a really good matchup. I, obviously, Alabama pushing the pace, guard play is big time. I have Rutgers making a run. Um, so you talk about Ron Harper, you know, Geo Baker, those guys, you know, obviously Jersey guys, but, um, you know, I got to ride with my Jersey guys, Randolph, at the end of the day. But it's going to be a good game. You're going with your heart, man. You're going with your heart, man. You can't do it. It's a little biased. You can't can't make a bracket with your heart, man. I'm telling you, you got to leave that Jersey stuff out of it. What's worse, picking with your with your heart or having your girlfriend do it in her favorite mascots or what you pick? Oh, man. I don't know. That's a toss-up. I mean, you- That's a toss-up. When you pick with your heart, it doesn't typically end well. Although I think Rutgers could make a bit of a run. I think it's hard to go from Dayton and then fly across the country some more to San Diego. I mean, there's no favors done there to then potentially have to face Alabama. Guys, Alabama could lose in the first round. They could be in the second weekend. Nothing would shock me with the Crimson Tide. They might be the – they're as much of a wild card as who they end up facing on Friday, right? Oh, for I mean, sure. Early, oh, early part of the season, we talked about those guys, and they had two of the best wins in the country. I mean, they had beaten uh, uh, Gonzaga. They, you know, they'd gone and beat Gonzaga and then came home and beat – who was that? They, they had another big win at home. I mean, was it Houston? They beat Houston yeah. at home. I mean, yeah. so they had just – I mean, that was a, a great week, and at that time, they were playing as well as anybody in the country. Let's talk about this 8-9 game, okay, because this has drawn a lot of attention. Penny Hardaway on the big dance floor. You've got Memphis taking on Boise State. We know what Memphis has done down the home stretch, but man, Boise State has had a great year. They've got five guys averaging nine points per game or more. Abu Kigab is a big time player, averaging 15 and six per game. He's six foot seven. And I think Boise State has been underrated in this matchup because people are on the Memphis love train. I got to tell you what. I am sensing a lot of people pick with their heart on this game. It's not to say Memphis can't win it, but Boise State, we've talked about them from time to time throughout the season. They're a balanced team that defends at a pretty good level. The metrics, I think, like them. I I think that this is a more interesting game than just it's Memphis back on the big dance floor. Like, I don't think either one of these teams can beat Gonzaga, but this is a really interesting 8-9 game when you look at it because you have the team that gets all the talk in the Tigers against a Boise State team that simply doesn't get the same level because they don't have Penny Hardaway on the sidelines and some NBA greats that are in the circle. Uh, yes, at the end of the day, Boise, they can match up with Memphis's size and length. That's yes. going to be the difference. Uh, you talk about Jalen Duran, Lomax, and DeAndre Williams and these guys. Um, when you can match up with size and length, especially in the NCAA tournament, anything can happen. Anything can happen when guys make shots. So um, I still have Memphis. I still have Memphis in this one. They're, they're playing really well. I love I love Duran. And I think Memphis just has an identity now. They're, they're starting to really defend you know, making shots. Guys are just coming into their own within the last few weeks. So I have Memphis, but it'll definitely be a tough battle just because of Boise State's size and just length overall. 
I I like the the size and, and of, of both teams, but I think Memphis ability to defend it, it and their athletes is just it it'll in the end it'll be a little too much I think for Boise State. I think it'll be a tough game, but I, I just think Memphis figured some things out the second half of the season. They had that rough patch and. We know it's well talked about. I always call it the – it started out as the ele- elephant in the room. I think they nicked the Memphis fans, called it the skeleton in the room. So I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But, no, yeah. I, I think it's I, – I think it's uh, – I think Memphis prevails on that one. Hey, by the way, we have Todd Golden from San Francisco coming up on the show. And San Francisco's dancing for the first time since 1998. We will get to them in a little bit. They're going to take on Murray State. That's one of my favorite first round matchups because Murray state is 30 and two. I mean, are are you kidding me? The season that they have put up the racers, I don't care who, what, when, where you're playing 30 and two is 30 and two. And that backcourt is big time. Tevin Brown is a big time player who can fill it up. And they got a couple of those guys. I mean, we've heard KJ Williams to talk about him, what he does inside big time player as well for them. That, we're going to get to the racers and, and who wins that 7-10 game. We're talking uh, favorite first-round matchups and overall thoughts on the bracket. Here's my question to you guys, okay? I'm going to go off the one line here. When you look at the bracket, and I'm going to give you questions, I'm going to give you some time to lead to this question so you can take a look. When you look at the bracket, who is the 2-3 or 4? The 2-3 or 4 seed in this bracket that you believe should feel really good about themselves and where they're at right now. And I'm going to give you mine. Wisconsin should feel great. They should feel great. They're going to get the winner. Why not? They're playing in Milwaukee and Chicago. You tell me why right now. You telling me that Jonathan Davis is healthy? Yeah. You I, Don't pause on me, Fanta. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't pause on me now. Can you assure me that he's healthy? That he's 100% healthy, not, in, you know, good enough to play, that he's 100%. Can you tell me that? Jonathan Davis is injured. Johnny Davis is healthy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. I'm assuming, okay. I'm assuming that, that he's going to be okay to play. It's the NCAA tournament here. You don't think so? No. Will he play? Yes. Is he 100%? I don't know. And that's my question. If he's 100%, then I can understand that. But I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't see that when he came back. I thought he was still, you know, he, he, he didn't seem okay. like he was himself when he came back. So maybe time will tell. Maybe the day's off. He's healthy right now. If he's back to being who he is, then hey, I won't, I won't argue that. But it, I need to see it. I need to see it. Okay, so what what team outside the uh, a number one should feel really good about where they're at? Kentucky. Yeah, I have Kentucky. Kentucky. I I, I think Kentucky's going to the Final Four. Like I, I think their bracket is. I mean, I think there's a lot of good teams in that bracket, but I don't think any of those teams match up with Kentucky. I think of all the two, three, four seeds, I, I think Kentucky has to feel the best of, of of that group. I don't know anybody else that we can even say should feel as confident as they do. Maybe Auburn, but. Yeah, Auburn's I, the I, other one. Right. But Kentucky overall, I just think, with, with their balance of the veterans and the young guys that they have, Oscar Shibway, I don't think it's anybody that can handle him down low. Um, just looking at their bracket, 
you know, I, they, they'll play Purdue, which will be, you know, a tough one. But besides we'll that, see. I just think they're ready. We'll see. Which, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll see. Guess what? I, the more I'm looking at it, keep an eye on Purdue here. I still could see them bowing out in the, in the second round. I really think that. And I know that's a hot take here. It's probably scalding to some people. But what? They're going to get the winner of Texas and Virginia Tech. Guys, if Texas beats Virginia Tech and then faces Purdue, think about how battle-tested Texas has been all year. You think they're going to get rattled when they see Purdue on the other side? Hell no. Hell no. And all it takes is one team to show up and play confident. And at the end of the day, Texas has dudes. They do. I mean, Timmy Allen and Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones, like it's just a matter of whether or not you put it together. But you think about all the one and two, two or three possession games that you play in in the Big 12. That league prepares these teams for the NCAA tournaments. And the Big Ten got nine teams in. And why am I saying here right now, I still don't think the Big Ten is the league that's most capable of winning the whole thing. That's amazing. They account for the heaviest percentage of the field, but I still don't think that. And that's not a hot take because I think we all would match that. I just, I look at Texas on their freaking best day. Texas is more of a three or four. And if you're saying that you were out on them, like our friend Goodman said, this is a new season. This is a new season. You beat Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, for them, it's a new season. The championship you won, don't bring it with you to Milwaukee. Leave that thing on campus. This is a whole new season. So I don't know if it's a guarantee that Kentucky even meets Purdue. All the more reason. Out of the three seeds I would have wanted to meet if I were Kentucky, it's Purdue. Purdue doesn't defend. And Kentucky, if they're rolling offensively, I don't know what you can do. I don't know if Purdue gets past either team, Texas or Virginia Tech. Yeah. I don't have them going past that that you know th- that next round. So Why is I, it that? doesn't matter who they play. Because I think if they play Virginia Tech, if you're not familiar with them, Hunter Couture is a guy I just said before. He's a he's a, he's a really good one of the better two way guys, and you're gonna put him on Jay and Ivy. Provided he doesn't get in foul trouble and he's going to lock, he's a hell of a defender and he's going to lock in and do that. And not that you're going to, all you're going to try to do is make him take tough shots. You got bigs behind you. They're going to, they're going to play almost inverted. They're going to make the, the, you know, Purdue bigs play on the outside. You know, Justin Mutz and and, and Kiwi Aluma are going to play on the outside. They're going to shoot threes. They're going to pick and pop. Like they're going to put them in space. And they got the right guy that thinks defensive-minded, you know, that, that thinks defense first to guard, you know, to make everything tough for him. So I, I like the matchup. I think the point guard play, you know, right now, Storm Murphy's playing probably better. You know, he's played better than he has all year long and one of the reasons that they were ACC champs. So I, I got Virginia Tech beating them in the, in the next round. Anytime you, you don't – the Purdue just doesn't defend at a high level. Um, not not at the level they need to in terms of getting deep into the tournament. You know, obviously Jay and Ivy pushing the ball, but defensively is where you got to hang your hat on. I think at the at the end of the day, and that's been their Achilles heel. You know, for the whole season, they they haven't been consistent defensively, in my opinion. I think it's hard to do that too. When I we you know my only argument against Purdue all year long was most of the time when you're looking for your three best players to play, they don't play two of them don't play the same position. 
like that is that that's crippling because once yeah. you get three scores consistently, you want those guys on the floor that you can count on. When you got two of your be- your th- three best players playing the same position and it's one or the other on the floor and you can't play them together, that just makes it tough. It's almost like I wish they would play more zone to try to get those guys. Maybe run a, a two-three zone or something to try to get those guys on the floor. It's just not what they do. All right, we've got a break. Up next, we welcome in San Francisco head coach Todd Golden. What has been so special that's led the Dons to their first NCAA tournament since 1998? The answer's next here on Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. Believe it for 90. All right, Greg. Uh, do we have an update question from anybody? We sure do. First, we've got Brett asking, are we all best friends? And Brett, if you're in the chat asking questions and you hit that like button, we are definitely yes. all best yes. friends, my definitely friend. Definitely are. Uh, <laughs> I, this is from Billy Smith. He wants to know if Gonzaga would have just three losses if they played in the Big 12, SEC, Big 10, or Big East. No. 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 No but way. they still win the league, though. But they win the league, though. Wow, really? That's a one minute. Yeah, they win all. They'd win all those leagues. Uh, they put up what league wouldn't they win? I don't. I mean, they probably. The mere fact that y'all got to think about it, they they, they yeah. would win the Big Ten. They, yes, Big Ten, I guess. Yeah. Yes, SEC. I yeah, see. They would, they would, I wonder about. It would the, be close. I, I, I wonder about the Big Twelve. I think that's the one league that they could maybe finish second in. Maybe just because of the, of the really good teams at the top of the league. Oh, it's definitely it's definitely top top heavy. But I think they would give the interior of Kansas so much trouble. I think they they prevail. 20. Rob says. I just see Rob. He says, seems everybody's picking UConn over Arkansas in the tournament. Rob uh, Hodgkiss, not Rob. Dalster. Ten do you guys, do you guys like UConn over Arkansas if that happened? I like no. UConn. Five. No, I like UConn. No. <laughs> Two. You, he doing his heart again. <laughs> RJ Cole. Oh, here we go. Feel the 68 <laughs> after dark. Sirius XM. Channel 84. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We are presented tonight by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Get your picks in here, folks, and join us on the Bracket Fanatics Journey. Make sure you join our pool, bracketfanatics.com. It's free to enter. There's a $500 prize pool. And if you win and make it to New Orleans, you can come kick it with us. That's right. We're running a field of 68 pool over at bracketfanatics.com, the best website to host an NCAA tournament pool for you and your friends, providing a bracket experience unlike any other. Bracket Fanatics is similar to Yahoo and ESPN. You can invite friends, make picks, watch those picks go up in flames. But what makes Bracket Fanatics different is that they eliminate the hardest part of running a pool. The hardest part is the payouts. Everyone that joins your pool must pay an entry on the site once the NCAA tournament ends. Bracket Fanatics handles the payouts for you based on whatever parameters you set. You don't have to worry about chasing down Jeff Goodman to make sure he paid his buy-in. And you can make side bets all tournament long because who doesn't love side bets your bracket may have been busted but you can make it all back with once larry from accounting gets a little too overconfident so head on over to bracketfanatics.com and join 
the Field of 68's bracket group. It is free to enter, and make sure you host your pool on Bracket Fanatics for the absolute best March Madness experience. Sign up today. We thank our partners at Bracket Fanatics. I'm John Fanson. My co-hosts are Randolph Childress and Ashton Gibbs. We're with you till about midnight here. So let's jump into Cinderella talk. We've got a couple minutes here. I want you guys to unveil who you think the slipper could fit. Ashton, where are you going? Uh, I like San Francisco, believe it or not. And wow. The, the, the the reason the reason I say that is guard play. I just love you know Jamari Bouye, Khalil Shabazz. Like the the NCAA tournament is about dynamic guards to me. Um, can they control a game? Late shot clock, making plays not only for themselves but for others, and you know just making the game easy on your on your teammates. And it's uh you you know when you talk about the scouting as well, limited scouting. Um, so at the end of the day, when when you have big time guards, I think the sky's the limit. So I'm I'm gonna go with San Francisco. The only problem with that is they get Kentucky in the second round. Yeah, that's the tough <laughs> so one. they go home. They go home <laughs> on that matchup. Like, <laughs> but no, in fa- but no, no, in fairness to them though, I hate the fact that that they put them in Mary State, you know, in the first round Together. against each other. I I wish they could have been able to play against some other high major schools and not each other. I'm gonna go with Davidson. Wow. Wait a minute. You think they could beat Duke? I do. Wow. Why? Because I, I, I worry about Duke's ability to consistently guard. Yeah. And you can't let these guys just sit around and, and, and shoot. They're struggling to guard. And then I think that you can just sit back. If you sit back and just you, – you got to zone Duke and say, hey, you know what? Go ahead. Good luck. If they make shots, you're not beating them anyway. If they're making a bunch of threes, you're not beating them anyway. So I mm-hmm. think that they'll 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 concede that. But I also know Duke doesn't like to play a ton of zone. They like to play man to man. Good luck chasing those guys around. I I, I it wouldn't surprise me. That that just be an interesting game. Don't okay. don't sleep on don't sleep on. I know I talked about it a little bit yesterday as an eleven seed. Uh, don't sleep on Rutgers either. I just, you know, they they beaten. We're not, we're not. You're talking with your heart, man. To get out of here with that, man. Go on hunt you with your heart. They got to get past Notre Dame right like I now, see man. No, you ain't calling it like you said. You calling call it how it you like feel it. it. You calling it how you feel. Just shout out Jersey, man. Everybody in Jersey. Go ahead and give Jersey a shout out, man. He goes, he goes, I got to call it how I see it. Are you calling how I see it? You don't see that. You feel that. You up here like, man, Jersey, we represent. I feel good about it, though. I do feel good about it. Okay, look, here's the thing. That that Rutgers-Notre Dame winner should not feel bad about their draw. That's the thing is the draw makes sense once you win that game. The thing is, though, you're gonna that's gonna be a war. The question is if Notre Dame can get perimeter shots to fall consistently, and if they do, how does Rutgers combat that? And the answer is probably not well. So the, Rutgers is gonna want to play a rock fight. Notre Dame's not. And this game is in Dayton, uh, not too far from South Bend. So I would imagine there'll be some Irish fans there. I think Rutgers will travel okay. I, look, it's Dayton. It's a first four game. I expect it to be a one or two possession game. That's one thing I know. I think the teams yeah. are pretty evenly matched. Don't you guys? For sure. All right. We got to get to an interview here, though. We have got to get to this story. You've got Murray State at 30-2, and two, San Francisco 
Folks, Todd Golden, to think that he's 36 years old is crazy. Like, his future in this industry is so, so presented with unlimited potential. And I got to catch up with him earlier today and was so impressed with everything he had to say. Here's that conversation. For the first time since 1998, the San Francisco Dons are going dancing. They're heading to the NCAA tournament, and they will take on a team that has just two losses in Murray State. The Racers and the Dons getting together for the NCAA tournament later this week in Indianapolis. And we're joined by Todd Golden, the head coach of the Dons right now. And Todd, you were sitting and waiting. (laughs) But relive your selection Sunday, that hour with us here. Tell us what it was like for you. You know, it started, you know, when I woke up, uh, checked our bracket matrix, one of my favorite sites over the last week and a half of the tournament and saw we were in a hundred out of a hundred. And I'll tell you what, that made me feel really good. You know, going into my (laughs) Sunday morning routine, uh, got to take my son to his flag football game, got to do a couple of things. Uh, but shoot, man, three o'clock hit out here on the West coast. The selection show started. We had a, our, our administration did a really good job, uh, with our selection show. We had a big crowd of probably over a thousand people here. And, uh, you know, then they started the bracket reveal and, uh, we were sitting there and then the West was first and we weren't in the West and then came the South and we weren't in the South and we were sitting there. Uh, oh, it's okay. We'll, we'll probably be in the eight, nine here. Nope. We weren't. And then seven, 10 in the third, same deal. And so we got a little nervous. Uh, heading into the fourth quadrant or however you want to you know describe it and uh when we were in that eight nine game john i'm going to be honest i was getting a little nervous that maybe uh even with a hundred percent uh in the bracket matrix that we might get left out especially because a&m played so well over the past week we thought they were going to be slid in there somewhere and then murray got the auto with the seven seed and, and we we're looking at that 10 like time just kind of stood still there for a moment uh, but when we saw San Francisco come across, it was a pretty jovial moment and, uh, you know, just a, a great moment for our program. Why has this team been the one to make history? Uh, you know, where should I start? You know, first of all, our backcourt, you know, Jamar Bouye and Khalil Shabazz, uh, you know, I, I'd take them and I'd put them up against any backcourt in America. To be honest, they're, they're special young men, older kids that have had a lot of success at this level. Uh, Jamari's going to probably get drafted here in a couple months. Khalil is a guy that's played insanely well over the last two months of the season. And uh, they're the type of guards that you just feel like going into any game that you have a chance to win. Uh, when you pair that with our front court, you know, Yaya Masowski, Pat Tepe, even Vova Markovetsky's played really well for us over the past couple of weeks. And we can really shoot it on the perimeter. We're just a really good deep team, John, and, and we've been doing it all year. And, uh, you know, I think uh, with our experience and, and because we're multidimensional, uh, you know, we have the type of team that can make a little run. I love hearing you say you looked at bracket matrix and I I've heard you on podcasts before and you talk about the analytics side of the game yeah. and you're, you're 21 in Ken Palm. Yeah. So what exactly goes into just your studying of the game and, and how, to what extent, even in season, are you looking at here's where we stand versus these other teams? Here's what's happening here. Because sometimes coaches will say, yeah, we, my team's my team. We're out on the floor. Right. I get that, Todd, but I, I understand there's a difference there. You are looking at what's happening, especially when you're out of San Francisco. Yeah, you hit it on the head. I think it's different for every coach, right, depending upon where they're at and the, the, where their program is. And, and for us, um, you know, I, I've said it to a lot of people since last June 15th when we started our summer program, we thought we had the type of team that could make the tournament as long as we got everybody on the same page. Uh, and playing together and playing unselfishly. And we've been able to do that. 
which is a credit to our student athletes more than anything for sacrificing. But, uh, you know, I, I'm addicted to this stuff, man. I'm on Ken Palm every day. I'm on uh, Bart Torvik as a side I look at and uh, spend a lot of time on. Obviously, once the net started uh, being updated on a daily basis, KPI, strength of record, or strength of record, all, all these different metrics, so to speak, um, you know, first of all, I like it, you know, it's, uh, it makes sense to me. I can kind of analyze the data relatively well and get a good understanding of where we're at. Um, but after every game, we kind of wait for Ken Palm to update because we want to see how many spots we jumped or if we didn't play well, how much we fell. And, uh, you know, it, it's just really the way I describe it to people is like, we just kind of, you know, myself, Jonathan Sapphire, some of the other coaches on my staff, uh, just kind of view the game through an analytical lens. And it's not, you know, we're not cut and dry. Everything we do is is analytically based, but uh, just the way we kind of view things and evaluate things and come to different decisions. Generally speaking, there's an analytical element to it and uh, it kind of drives who we are in, in our program a little bit. I don't know if America always knows this, the the whole schedule of this week. Like yeah. they're going to, they're going to flip the channel on Thursday night after Kentucky plays St. Peter's and they're just going to start watching you play Murray state without any sort of recognition, at least most people of what this week is. Give us a yeah. taste of, of the schedule here and what you're going through with your group. It's funny you ask because we actually had a great practice just now. We had a great day. And so our Monday was pretty standard, you know, but as of right now is when it starts getting really wild. We don't even know what time we're leaving yet. We're still waiting to hear <laughs> and what time our flight is tomorrow. So it's hard to plan too much, too far ahead in regards to practice tomorrow and, and what we're doing. But, um, you know, my message to the guys, I was fortunate. I got to play in two NCAA tournaments for Randy at St. Mary's. And uh, I just remember how fast it went. We, we weren't able to win a game. Um, and so as soon as that game's over, you're basically packing up, going home and you get back and you realize just how quickly it all happened. And I want to make sure our guys uh, enjoy the moment, you know, and, and hopefully we can play into the weekend and, and then make some noise and then play into the Sweet 16. But, um, you know, with that being said, I want to make sure our guys just kind of soak it all up. We'll have an open practice on Wednesday uh, in Indianapolis. That's going to be an awesome experience. You know, there's going to be a lot of people there uh, to come, you know, watch these eight clubs, you know, get their 40 minutes on the floor. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a really special moment, one that we're going to take advantage of. March is a time for the great story. And Todd Golden, you have led a great story this time of year. We look forward to seeing San Francisco and Murray State later this week. Good luck to the Dons, Coach. I appreciate you for having me, John. Good catching up. Talk to you soon, Talk to you soon, brother. Wow, Todd Golden. Amazing to hear him talk about the analytics and how much he weighs that in a day-by-day approach to his job. He's going to be a high-major coach in short time. John. Coach Gold Todd looks like he should be going to the prom, not the not the <laughs> not to the big dance, man. He, he looks like he should be going to the prom, man. Congratulations to a coach. You guys had a hell of a season. Look forward to watching you guys in the tournament. Yeah, and this is a Ken Palm top thirty matchup. These yeah. two teams are are both more than capable of winning a couple of games. Again, the problem is they just so happen to have Kentucky in round two. But they have the makeup, the backcourt play between Jamari Bouye and what San Francisco does. And then you think about what Murray State's done throughout the the season. We talked a little bit about about Tevin Rice and company. That Murray State Racers team is a force to be reckoned with. I'm telling you, folks, 930 Eastern time on CBS Thursday night. Get to that game. I love that it's a broadcast TV showcase on CBS 
because America, you should be watching the racers play the Dons. Don't look at the matchup and say it's not a blue blood. No, this is the NCAA tournament. San Francisco and Murray State are everything March Madness is about. This is one of the best games all day on that remarkable Thursday. It's going to end with quite a bang on Thursday night when those two teams square off in Indianapolis. I cannot wait for that game. Hey, up next on Field of 68 After Dark, we give you some predictions. Who we got in our bracket? Get that pencil out, folks, because we're going to try to help you and hope that Ashton Gibbs... Hope that Ashton Gibbs' heart is correct. That's next on Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. Clear for 90. What do we got, Greg? All right, Jared wants to know from Randolph, why are people not sold on Akron, RC? Ooh. Yeah. No, no, no. Not going all the way out. I mean, I'm sorry. It's for RC, but, man, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. How far do you expect them to go? I mean, I mean, mean, where are they going? I mean, I I don't. They got UCLA in the first round. I mean, I I don't. Maybe because I got UCLA probably making a run to the Elite Eight. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. Uh, You know, so it's not that I'm down on them. Sometimes it's just about you get a tough matchup, and you're talking about a team that's that that made a, a hell of a run a year ago. And and I think they're poised to make it a deep run this again this year. I mean, again, they're one of eight teams. Like I said, we talked about it with Coach Beard. They're top forty in offensive efficiency and top twenty defensive efficiency. So when you start talking about that, when you get in a tournament, there's only eight teams in the tournament that that are doing that, and UCLA is one of them. And I'm sorry, Akron. I just thirty don't, seconds. There's nothing you've done wrong. You're just playing the wrong team in the first round of the tournament. Right, and that's why it's the best and the worst way sometimes to decide stuff because it is twenty. Draw dependence, a world where a first four team could go all the way to a final four. The fact is, UCLA has been on this stage. They know how to win on this stage. And Enrique Freeman's a really good player for Akron, but he's six foot seven. Jame Jaquez and Johnny Juzang are going to look at Freeman and say, we've seen these types of guys. I like UCLA over the zip. Two, one. All right. We begin the home stretch. Field of 68, After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're presented tonight by Bet Rivers, as well as Bracket Fanatics. I cannot wait. Cannot wait for Thursday. I know we get a taste of it tomorrow night. You've got Wyoming and Indiana. Give me a pick right there here. Wyoming, Indiana, who's going to win this ball game? I have Indiana. Um, I just think Trace Jackson Davis is it's going to be too hard, too hard to guard. But I love Xavier Johnson and um, playing playing really well. He's going to push the pace. But anytime you have Trace Jackson Davis, he's just he's a pro. At the end of the day, it's going to be hard to to stop this guy. I think it's going to be closer than people think, though. I agree with that. I, 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 I think that. it's going to be a hell of a lot closer than people think it's going to be. And Wyoming, you know, they have a chance. I mean, they have a chance. They, they're going to have the size. Yes. You know, I don't know if the depth, they're going to have the size. They may not have the depth, but they'll have the size to match up with Trace, you know, Trace Jackson Davis. So, I, but, but again, I, 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 I like the way Indiana played in the tournament leading up to it. They, 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 st- they went and took a bit. They went and earned a bit. So, and, and that says something for them. So they're playing, they're playing good ball, but that's, that, that's, that's almost a pick em game, but I think I'll go with Indiana. 
All right, here we go. Let's start to get the pencil sharp, and let's try to help America out with their selections here. So what I'm going to ask you guys first off is for your Elite Eight, all right? Let's begin in the West region. I think we all have Gonzaga, but I'd be curious to know who they are playing in the West regional final. Randolph, go. I want to, I want to put an ash to move. I want, I want to put an <laughs> ash move and say, my heart says ACC and Duke, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I think it'll be, it'll come down to, 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 I think tech, Texas tech. Yep. I'm with you on that. I, I like the red Raiders defensively and think if Terrence Shannon can put enough good basketball together, they're going to be right there. Ashton, where you go? I'm going Duke. Um, wow. I think, I think uh, you know, Coach K's last season, they, they've already, you know, kind of messed up his last home game, the ACC tournament. Like, I, I see them at least getting to the Elite Eight. So, and they have the talent. You, you have first, no, no. you have four first round picks. So, I, I said this all year, and I don't, and I hadn't changed lately with Duke, and I'll be quickly with this. I think the pressure of all the Coach K stuff has just mentally worn this team out. It's I agree. Just my opinion. Makes sense. I, and and even more so this week. You ever see oh. the Tiger the Tiger Woods this is Sports Center commercial when he's walking around the cubicles and he's getting followed by 300 people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like guys, this is going to be there'll be international media down in Greenville, South Carolina to cover Mike Shashesky. Like the comparison to CBS and ABC this morning <laughs> over in China and Italy and you name that country. They're doing stories on Coach K. He's an international phenomenon. These kids are going to get questions this week that they've never heard in their lives. It's a lot. Like, at the end of the day, folks, this is the best postseason in the world. We're talking about kids here. And the Mike Krzyzewski stuff's a lot to handle. You hope that they learned a lesson from his last game at Cameron, but if that's how they handled that night, what's for me to say they're going to handle the NCAA tournament any differently? So I actually think the Coach K stuff – maybe has deterred this team from being their best down the stretch this season. He needed some veteran guys. He needed to have like a Trey Jones be around for a while. He needed veteran guys be there. They're just so young. I mean, this is a freshman and sophomore led team and it's not like we're down on them. Like they're not talented. They are as talented as anyone in this, in the country, but they're young. Yeah. And they've been, they've been thrown to the wolves with something that, that they just didn't ask for. All right, let's go to the South, where I'm going to stay chalk here. I've thought a lot about this all day, so I'm, I'm staying with Arizona Villanova. What do you guys think? I think Tennessee gets Nova in the Elite Eight. All right, that's a revenge 16. game. Revenge I game. I think it's a revenge uh, game. They, 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 and they, they beat them bad early. I, I, I think that's drawn on the wall. I, I, I think Tennessee is looking for that one if they catch Nova in the Sweet 16. Um, I, I'm going Arizona Nova. I, I just think Nova just doesn't beat them. They don't beat themselves. Uh, Colin Gillespie. <laughs> hey, fancy, he going with his I'm a, heart again. I'm a, I'm a Gillespie guy. <laughs> he I, going with his heart. I'm a, I'm a Gillespie guy, man. I'm a Gillespie guy. So it's going to be great. It. it is going to be great to revisit this stuff. The tweets are going to be flying later this week. Um, Ashton Gibbs. He's he's America's lover. 
He just loves picking with his heart. Loyal to the soil, man. Look, it's not sure. bad to it ain't bad to pick Villanova, but it not is funny. Not it, at okay. all. All right, let's go in the Midwest. Now, a trendy pick here is Iowa. Do they keep it going? Do they knock off the the big dog that is Kansas? And then what happens down in the lower part? Like I I'm riding the Wisconsin train. What happens here? I'm Auburn, so I have Kansas Auburn. Kansas Kansas and Auburn. Stop it. Mm. Stop it. Kansas really? Yes. Stop that Wisconsin stuff. Stop that Iowa stuff. Somebody even I think uh, who was that? Archie Miller said yesterday, Miami. Stop it. Miami. (laughs) I mean, Randolph takes no prisoners. No, (laughs) stop it. On to the next. Let's go out west. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Well, we went out west. Let's go east. Let's go east here. The one seed is Baylor. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going Marquette. What? I'm going Marquette in Kentucky, man, for sure. I I just think Marquette, Justin Lewis, Daryl Morceau. Oh! Underrated. And I love Shaka, man. I underrated. He picking with his heart again, man. He picking with his heart again, man. Somebody say this, <laughs> dude. Man, I gotta help him. <laughs> you know, how many brackets you done filled out that's already? Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Wait a minute. I love. Hold on a second. You're picking. So hold on. First off, you're picking Marquette over Carolina. I oh. thought somebody might have Carolina over Baylor in a surprise. If like Marquette, Marquette beats. You like Marquette. Well, look, they won seven games in a row at one point. I do think Carolina Marquette is not your typical 8-9 game. These no. two teams are fully capable of playing like a 4-5 game on their best day. But, damn, are we that out? Are we too out on Baylor? I feel like we might be too out on Baylor. I'm not. Oh, you're I, not? I, I, okay. No, I, 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 don't, I don't. I think the injuries will catch them as far as making a national championship run. But again, with all the injuries, everything else, they still find a way to win. They still gonna guard. They still gonna score at an efficient rate. I now, when they meet UCLA in Sweet Sixteen, that's gonna be a game. I mean, you know, UCLA is one of those teams I talked about that that, that, that defends well as well. So, I think Kentucky's coming out in the end. But I like, you know, it, that Sweet Sixteen matchup between UCLA and Bell will be be a big one. Hmm. Oh, man. I, I mean, I could listen to Ashton give the picks all day and then Randolph. <laughs> all right, final four. We got one minute. We got one minute. So, literally, give me your final four. Randolph, go. Zags, Arizona, Kansas, Kentucky. Okay. I'm going to switch it up from yesterday. So, I'm going to go Gonzaga, <laughs> Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, Arbor. All right, I go Gonzaga. Kentucky, Villanova, Wisconsin. I'm going a little bit off wow. the map there. I'm just wow. going off the map. I know. I know Randolph's looking at me like I'm crazy. With his heart. With he his really, heart, Randolph. He hates the, who's gonna heart. win the, Who's going to win the national championship? Zags, baby. Okay. Going. Zags. I'm going Kentucky. I got, I got the Zags in really? Arizona in the championship. Yep. I'm going yep. Wildcats to win it. Hey, We are back tomorrow night, 11 Eastern time with more picks, predictions, interviews, counting down to March Madness for Randolph and Ashton. I'm John Fanta. Good night, everybody. And the madness is almost here. All right.
All right, Greg, what's the chat firing up with you? I'm going to open it up as well. What do we got tonight? After Dark Afters. After Dark yes, Afters. sir, it's the Afters. It's everybody's favorite portion of the evening. We've got a good little uh, rotation of questions that I've been taking throughout the show, but make sure you get into the YouTube chat right now. Get anything you want our guys to answer. We'll answer these for the next 15, 20 minutes or so. Nice. Let's start nice. with a simple question from Jeremy. Seton Hall or TCU? Mm. All right, I'm stepping in right here, right now. I like Seton Hall in this game. And do not, Randolph Childress. I'm going to tell you why. So here's the, <laughs> here's the thing here. Here's the thing about the Pirates. They lost their Big East quarterfinal game to UConn. The last time they won an NCAA tournament game, they had over a week to prepare for said game. They beat NC State. NC State very different then than the TCU team they're going to face in San Diego. But... I like the fact this team's had over a week to rest. I like the fact that Kadari Richmond, the Syracuse transfer, can get his thumb in the right state. He had an injured thumb in the, in the Big East tournament, and it showed his handles were all over the place. If he plays well enough, and what I mean by well enough, I mean do not turn the ball over. At the end of the day, Seton Hall has a fifth-year senior in Miles Kale. They have a fourth-year senior in Jared Roden. They're top 10 in average height in college basketball. They defended a pretty good level. The question in this game is, Will Mike Miles be the controller of the game in the backcourt for TCU? Or will Seton Hall find a defensive answer for him, which they can, and then can Roden and Kale do what they're capable of on the wing? I think the Pirates are deeper than TCU. I think TCU has a couple of better wins down the stretch in the season. But I like a Seton Hall team that still has won 9 of 12 and has responded from losses pretty well. I'm riding the Hall to a win in San Diego. I got to go Seton Hall, Randolph. You know, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You just switched up on the show. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Fancy, you done turned them, Fancy. You done switched them up. Yeah, baby. Ten minutes a, ago, you was. T- oh, so, my. So for me, it's a. Somebody it's a kill tough his draw. mic. Kill his mic. He, he, he's up wrong. Kill his mic. <laughs> Let's go. It's a it's a tough draw because you talk about Jamie Dixon or Jersey. It's one or the other. So you go oh, I can't you go win. You go I with can't the, win. He I picked can't win. Against Jamie Dixon. Picked against this guy. <laughs> Come on, I, I, man. No, sir. It's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be it's gonna be a close game. I think Kadari Richmond's been playing a lot better, and I think he's gonna be when the key healthy. in terms. Yeah, when healthy, in terms of playmaking and making making plays down the stretch. Him and Jared Roden can make plays. Jared Roden obviously can score the ball, but they can defend well enough where they can, you know, get the win. I think CC on. All right, I see this question here, and I really like it for Randolph. Mm-hmm. We got a question saying, "Why is Duke no longer able to defend? Is it an effort thing? Other teams figured out they are freshmen who don't communicate." This comes from Justin Blackburn. Good question, Justin. You know what? I, I don't know. It The hardest thing to get young guys to do is buy in defensively. And the other thing is, who else plays 25 minutes a game with a 7-footer and a 6'10 guy in today's game? Like most games, most teams would play Paulo Bencaro as, as, a, as just a stretch five. And I think that lineup now, when they do play him at the five, is just brutal. But, you know, Williams, Mark Williams is just such a force defensively that he protects the rim. And I think they rely so much on his ability to protect the rim. 
The problem is people are playing and they're spacing them out. They're putting them in ball screens. They're, they're picking, they're putting them on pick and pop situations and they're chasing. So they're in rotation and you can't guard, you can't win if you're just constantly in rotation. And and that's the problem with Duke's defense right now is that I, I don't know what lineup they're going to play with, but with Marcus, their best defensive player that cleans it up, they're putting them in ball screens. They're picking and popping with them and they're driving them and, and any stand in foul trouble, they can't keep them on the floor as much as they probably would like to as well. So to, to protect the rim. And I just think it's just tough for them. I, I think um, learning how to play hard, especially as a young player, is is huge, is critical. Learning how to play hard each possession, you know, possession by possession, sense of urgency, I think, uh, and the lack of communication, I think. That's what it looks like from the outside looking in. Uh, with a lot of young guys, it just looks like guys are still, you know, the lack of communication, sense of urgency, and guys are just possession by possession. It's not consistently there over time. So when you have that, that, that typically is a thing with younger players. I think that's what's going on in terms of buy-in with the young guys. Okay, we have a breaking story that has just come in here literally seconds ago from CBSSports.com's Matt Norlander. Here's the story. It is now Tuesday on the East Coast in Colorado State. Folks, Colorado State is a sixth seed. They are going to be taking on Michigan in a first-round matchup in Indianapolis on Thursday. Okay? Matt Norlander reporting just now that Colorado State, which is scheduled to play the first game of Thursday's first round, still has not been told by the NCAA when and how it is flying to Indy. Indianapolis, to play in the NCAA tournament. This is Rams coach Nico Medved, who has told CBS Sports. Norlander follows by saying that's not normal. Here's the statement from Nico Medved, the Colorado State head coach. Quote, it's 10 o'clock and we don't know when we're flying to Indianapolis and we don't have any answers yet. It makes it very difficult to plan your day tomorrow as far as practice and preparation right now, especially when we're scheduled for the very first game of the tournament, that being on Thursday. Every team scheduled to play in Thursday's first round will be traveling by NCAA paid charter buses and planes tomorrow, Mm -hmm. meaning later today, Tuesday. The NCAA is normally very good with this in parentheses. Colorado State is waiting in limbo and cannot get answers from the NCAA. It plays Michigan at 12-15 on Thursday. Wow. What is the reaction to this, this news? I'll give a reaction. That's absolutely unacceptable. This is, the national, this is the national tournament. Something is up here. I'm not sure if emails are bouncing back or what, but what are we doing here? The travel should be set. It should have been set long before now. The NCAA needs to be held accountable here because to not have travel to a team, we're talking about an NCAA tournament game. This is units for a conference. This is a chance for the Mountain West to certainly look good. Uh, I, I don't understand this at all. And frankly, the fact that Nico Medved had to go to Matt Norlander, who does a great job at CBS Sports, to get this out there, I don't know of any team. We, we had Todd Golden from San Francisco on, on this show. They had their itinerary at 2 o'clock Pacific time at the, at the latest. So the NCAA, what's going on here? How do you not Somebody's- have a travel itinerary out? Somebody dropped the ball. Yeah, Somebody dropped just the ball, dropped the ball too. in a mass in a major way. I mean, unless you're telling me 
you know, they were expected to hop on a plane with someone else to get there on site. I mean, maybe there was a mix up some kind of way, shape or form. I, I don't know what that is, but it's obviously someone, someone dropped the ball. Cause usually those things are taken care of so far in advance. You know, you have plenty of time to get that organized and, and, and someone obviously screwed that up. It's a valid excuse if they perform poorly. I know that, that that's the first thing they're going to talk about. <laughs> Well, you have to you have to have a plan. These teams, you guys both know how coaches operate. They've got minute by minute planned out Mm -hmm. at this point. Minute by minute planned out. If we're at midnight on the East Coast, drop the ball or not, this is something that's got to be out there. And Matt Norlander does a good job reporting it. Look, I'm not going to sit here and 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 uh, and say you know, oh, somebody needs to get fired over this. That's not what we're doing here. But we are telling a story that needs to be told. Because you're talking about a team that's sitting right now in Fort Collins that's playing Michigan in Indianapolis. As is, they got a bad draw. Let's face it, Colorado State got a bad draw. And I did not realize until now they play the first game on Thursday. So let's let's call a spade a spade. It's a bad look for the NCAA that they don't have the travel information to Colorado State. This shouldn't happen to any team. It shouldn't happen to Texas A&M, Corpus Christi nor alone Colorado State. This should not happen, and somebody dropped the ball here, and it better get rectified soon. Well, the good news is I got you guys winning the game, so good luck. There you go. Make me proud. <laughs> there you go. Uh, here we go. Uh, well, someone said, can't Colorado State set up their own travel and invoice Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> they could. Michigan could pay. Uh, yeah, they, they could afford it. Right. Right. Um, crazy. Crazy to see that, that that's a real thing. Let's see here. Teddy says, uh, you know, we're hating on Duke because they always beat Gonzaga. Uh, okay, they, that was a different game. Randolph's just shaking his head. I, I don't. The point guard play has been the issue. Yeah, nobody's hating on them. You can't sit here and say you feel good about it if you're a Duke fan, you know, about this team playing right now. You know, the way they finished the season. Like I said, my, my no one's questioning their talent. My biggest gripe against those guys, you do have legitimate concern about point guard play because they, to me, they completely pushed Jeremy Roach off the ball. Yep. And and and, and I, my concern is just mentally. This team looks like it's just when they get punched in the mouth or they get challenged or they're in a close, adverse situation in a game, they just look mentally worn out. And defensively, they have issues because Mark Williams is their best defender, but he's constantly in foul trouble because he people are constantly putting him in ball screens. Yep. They were in rotation the entire time. The, the yeah. point guard play is going to be the issue. You, NCAA tournament, most of the teams that get far, they have good guard play at the end of the day. Consistent guard right. play as well. I, I will say this about Duke. The one thing that I noticed that's, that flipped in that Syracuse game is – Coach K says, stop shooting all them damn threes. Get the ball inside, Paulo. Stop launching them threes. Dominate inside the paint. Drive it mid-post. Get it rip drive. Stop settling for jumpers. And I think he's, you know, he, he's taken off from that. All right, we got a question here that says, got it right up here. We have a bunch of them coming in. This comes from Patio. Who is the lowest seed that you think has the best chance to make the final four? Ooh. Wow. I mean, it's final it's four. a final that's a four. That's a, that's a really good question. Like, I look at the 10 line. 
I don't I don't see any fitting candidate. I look at the eleven line, Michigan, no. You know, I Marquette. Marquette Stop that's bull. I, I don't think so. Stop Not it. final four. Stop Not final it. four. Virginia Tech, no. Yeah, I mean, I think it could I do think that a one seed, I'm going hot here. I think a one seed's gonna lose this weekend. I just think that Baylor could the first lose. weekend? Yes. Could lose. Yes. Yes. I think a one seed could get bounced in a shocker. I don't think Gonzaga's losing, and I, I think it's unlikely Arizona loses, but I don't trust Baylor right now with their injury situation, and I think there's a world where North Carolina could win two games this weekend. I really do. You don't. Why? Because I hadn't seen Carolina put two games together all year long right? against the quality of opponents that they're coming out. If you were telling me they had an inferior opponent the first game that was a gimme, and then they played a better opponent second round. I can give you that. They're coming out the gate with Marquette. So we're saying that Carolina's going to beat Marquette and Baylor, two of the toughest teams in the country, when they hadn't really answered that bell all year okay. long. Out, outside of, again, we take away that rivalry game against Duke that went at Duke. And we're all sitting here wondering right now if Carolina's even in the tournament. Yeah. Just being honest, and and, and I You're like right. those guys. I, it's no, not, no, no. I'm not an indictment against no, anything. I, but but I, I don't, you know, you take away, and that's a big rivalry game. If you don't, yeah. if you're, if you know, no matter everybody, that's no matter what the sport is. I mean, you get right. your rivalry game, you're gonna play, and they did. They won that game in Cameron, you know. Again, and we, you know, I've already talked about how I feel about the mental stake of Duke, but I'd say the lowest seed line that could get a team that makes an improbable run to a Final Four, it goes as low as six for me. Because I do look at the East, and I look at the West, and I think that Alabama could get on a run. Alabama could lose their first game, but if they win their first game, they're the type of team that could go on a crazy run. That When their defense is locked in, everything falls into place with Quinterly and Shackelford. Now, meanwhile, Texas is an interesting team here because they face Virginia Tech, and I think Chris Beard said it best on our show earlier. If we win one, we could get on a run. They've got the talent. Texas has... Final four-level talent. They were in the preseason top five. Whether or not you put it together in March is a different story. But I don't think, like, guys, I look at the 10-11, and then I think of the strength at the top. In a world where, like, 12 or 13 teams could win the national championship this year, that means that you have a lot of good teams from 1, 2, 3, 4 that are capable of winning it. I don't think we're going to see some VCU, some sister gene make the final four run. I don't know if I see it on this bracket this year, but that's the beauty of, of March. I don't see it. I don't see it as well. Uh, I agree. I, I love the Alabama pick though. Uh, but because in the beginning of the season, we talked about them being top five, top 10 team, you know, easily. Um, and then their style of play, the talent level, the the guards, the Shackleford, Quinterly, uh, Betty Aku down low, like these guys have final four talent without question. All right. Christian Ojakian says, who do you guys have in Michigan State Davidson? And does Davidson have enough physicality and athleticism to beat Duke? Physicality and athleticism? No, no, they don't. But they but they're deep. They're experienced. They got five guys averaging double figures. They're going to space you and they shoot the crap out of it. <laughs> and so for a team yeah. that's well for a team that's struggling to guard, like we talked about mm-hmm. picking and popping and, and chasing and ro- you don't want to be chasing Davidson. 
Like that ain't a team you, you don't want to play horse. You don't want to get into any pig. You don't want to get in any shooting contest with Davis. It's crazy because they lost one of their top guys, Kellen Grady, yeah. being at yeah. Kentucky yeah. now. Is, so and that's because they can't have fifth-year guys. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just looking through the chat one more time. Will says Foster Lawyer will drop 50 on his old team. It's an amazing job by the committee to have Foster Lawyer face his old team. Let's see here. Uh, never count out UNC. Michigan State is very good. Um, they, they've been so up and down. Like, Michigan State's the team. I haven't seen them string together three or four games in a row of good play, right? Guard these, play. Are just super, these, these are super fans, man. These are like Ash. They, <laughs> they playing with, they bidding with their hearts, man. We got to go. ride with them, fans. So they, they going with their hearts, man. Hey, all right, I got I to gotta step go. in as producer here and also, you know, part-time host of the Michigan State podcast on the Field of 68. Fanta right. earlier this right. episode just predicted Wisconsin – whose last two games were a loss to Michigan State and a loss to Nebraska that blew the Big Ten title to make right, a Final preach, Four right, run. Preach, and we're saying preach, you haven't seen Michigan preach. State win a couple games in a row? Phantom, my friend, come on now. It's, it's, it's the heart, because man. March is different. With... March is different. And, and look, you could say, well, Michigan State, if anybody should be different in March <laughs> for the good, for the good of it. I don't know. I... I think that Wisconsin prematurely celebrated their Big Ten title. We all know that. Nebraska went on a very strange run late in the season. I, I think that you can't look too far into conference tournaments and let that define what you think a team is going to do in March Madness. That Wisconsin team, if Johnny Davis, not Jonathan, because Jonathan's hurt, Johnny's healthy. If Johnny okay. Davis is healthy, Greg, you and I both know that Wisconsin ends up being better than Michigan State, or do we not know that? I, I mean, I think we know that, but the metrics might say otherwise, Fanta. We don't need another metrics resume conversation, but it's close. <laughs> I also like Wisconsin's draw. Like, I don't understand. I, I, I have no clue. If you ask me for a read on a game, the one game I do not know what is going to happen in is LSU and Iowa State. I feel the same way. I have no freaking idea what's going to happen in that ball game. And I need to study up on the game, which is what I have another 24 hours to do. But LSU goes through a coaching change. Will Wade was suspended a couple years ago. They made the Sweet 16, so it didn't seem to matter. Iowa State was the red-hot commodity in college hoops early on and then fell off the side of a cliff. So, look. The, the, the thing that I saw with Wisconsin is Auburn's guards have been so frenetic over the last month. And, and I think when you're betting on Auburn, which I get why, I like Auburn. I think they protect the rim really well. Walker Kessler's big time. I think um, Cartwright does a uh, – Cardwell does a really good job of protecting the rim. Like, I like Auburn, but I just have trust issues with their backcourt and their shot selection at times. So I looked at the draw and said – if I'm assuming Johnny Davis is healthy, then I like Wisconsin to go on a March run. Maybe they got their losses out of the way. I'll be curious to see how LSU first responds to Kevin, you know, to Kevin Nickelberry. Right. I mean, I know he's been there all year, but the wheel Wade, the timing of the wheel Wade situation is just like, wow. You know, when you, there's no conference tournament, there's no couple of games to kind of get acclimated. Now, listen, I know Nickelberry well. He's, he, you know, he's, he's coached at Howard. 
you know, he's he's battle tested. He he'll he'll have those guys ready, but how will those guys respond to that? Is it that's a tough goal to to be in that situation in the first round of the tournament? All right. Anything else, Greg, in the chat before we do three cheers? No, I say we get to the cheers. I think we hit a lot tonight. And you boys look right. thirsty, to be honest right. with you. Uh, all right here we go three cheers randolph fire away i'm i'm gonna cheers to my man ashley he 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 betting with his heart tonight man he bought he gonna give himself a heart attack man with these with these pits so i'm cheering for you brother i'm going Uh, i'm 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 toasting to you tonight man anybody could bet with their heart like you did tonight man i gotta i gotta drink to you i might go upstairs and get me something a little stronger than this man <laughs> go ahead ashton ah it's tough i'm gonna just say i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay consistent here i'm gonna stay consistent so i'm just gonna say at least one win for bur- for both of the jersey teams for seton hall and Rutgers. at, le- at least one <laughs> At least one. So I'll stay consistent here, Randolph. All right. There you go. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> we'll you up. Hmm. I love that. I'll tell you what. America, I'm going to cheers to you being able to watch Hunter Maldonado play later tonight for Wyoming. Mommy. I think Maldonado is a sensational talent at six foot seven. He could single handedly have Wyoming in that game against Indiana. This kid has averaged over 18 points per game. He has only gotten better throughout the course of his career. He's more than capable of having that that big-time performance. So I'm going to cheers the Cowboys. They're in a first-four game. I'm glad they got in. I think they were deserving of getting in. So keep an eye on Wyoming. You know, don't walk in saying Trace Jackson Davis and Indiana should steamroll here. Folks, cheers to the Cowboys. You get to watch them tonight. They get their own window. This is a chance for the West to show the country, hey, you know, you might not be awake for some of our game times, but we can play. We, if I'm Wyoming right now, I'm ready to run through a freaking brick wall. I get to go up against Indiana in a prime TV slot. You're going to have a huge viewership following because Indiana, they carry that. Let's see if Hunter Maldonado delivers to the country here. Three cheers to him. Three cheers to the fact that today, albeit a, a very light snack, it's like it's like the uh, the low calorie granola bar. That's what today is in March Madness. You get the sixteen game and you get the the Indiana Wyoming game, and then we amp up to like some eggs on Wednesday when Rutgers plays Notre Dame, which we all know what your your two picks are there. But it's going to be fun. Our brackets are going to keep changing. Now I'm going to bed. I'm frankly I'm out. You you all have me out on Wisconsin. It's like go to bed. Like I'm. <laughs> I feel like I committed a crime. Greg like has me in jail right now. I think I'm, I might as well go behind bars right now uh, in the back room and, and just I'm scared. I got to reevaluate things come tomorrow morning, guys. Because it's you, Fanta, man. We, we just didn't expect you to go that far south, that far left, man. That's all. I expect Ash and his, you know, him keep, you know, he going to go with his. I, I get that. I. I expect you to be a little more grounded with that. That Wisconsin Final Four run is a bit much. A bit All much. right. All right. This, this tells me. Let's sleep be, on it. Sleep on it. Let I'm me sleeping know on it. I'm sleep sleeping on it. it. New picks to come tomorrow. That's the beauty of it. Jump into our Bracket Fanatics pool. Thanks to Bet Rivers. Thanks to Greg Waddell, Randolph Childress, Ashton Gibbs. I'm John Fanta. We'll see you later tonight at 11 p.m. Eastern time for another edition of After.